SR without a plus really doesn't exist. I think it may be completely impossible to buy one now, to be honest. I know you had to actually physically go to the store and request it. I don't know how much you had to beg or if you had to donate some blood in conjunction with your request to purchase that vehicle. But I think I saw a tweet the other day that you literally, literally, as Elon would say, cannot get the $35,000 SR without the plus. The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 39 of the Tesla Q podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about Tesla's most recent quarterly financial results. Not an earnings report because they had a loss of $408 million for quarter two 2019. And that's the gap non-adjusted bottom line net income number. If you'd like to be a contributor to the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Tesla Q podcast and become a monthly contributor. Yesterday, or no, actually earlier in the day today, I put up a, a graph of Tesla's historic share price. It's a, it was a daily chart and I labeled individual daily candles with some of the major events that have occurred in Tesla history. Uh, that's available to any Patreon subscribers, even the dollar a month level. So check that out. Uh, also plan to have an interview in the very near future, and I will plan to have a, a bonus portion of that episode that will be available to, to patrons only. And of course, the, the main part of the interview will be available here for anyone that, that downloads it. Uh, this evening, I did get the initial, get to read the initial earnings release, but I didn't get to listen to the call, and I haven't caught up on Twitter yet. So this episode is actually going to be me reading catching up on Twitter in real time and uh, just giving my th- my first thoughts based on tweets that I read and I may may scroll through the transcript as well. I hope it's not a terrible episode, but we'll see. Uh, so my phone, because I, I read a lot about Tesla uh, and I have an Android phone, Google gives me Tesla news and similar to the Bloomberg terminal, it uh, it thinks that electric articles are noteworthy. So have a notification from 10:27 p.m. Eastern Time on July 24th, 2019 of an electric article and the headline is Tesla Model 3 is outselling all of its gas-powered equivalents combined. So I'm going to click on that and see what it says. Um, my guess is that it's a classification of premium vehicles or, or something to that effect. And there's a chart and it's mid-size premium sedans and US market share. The Tesla Model 3 uh, it's a red line on the graph, and it, uh, the graph starts in November 2017 and goes through May 2018, and the Tesla passes everything up by May of 2018, and it's just uh, basically a matter of how you classify cars, so premium mid-size sedans. So the Model 3 is outselling all other premium mid-size sedans, so that classification. So yay, that's great. 95,200 deliveries. And negative four hundred eight million dollars of gap profit. So time to time to go over to the the old uh, Twitter machine and see what is new. So I, I see a notification that JB is quitting. That's a tweet from Tesla Charts, 
and several other ones. The stock reaction is irrelevant. They can't make money with record deliveries. They won't ever make money. Book it. That was from five hours ago. From six hours ago, Tesla Charts reminded everybody that he's not doing 30 charts in 30 minutes. He has put out several charts already that I've seen. Ah, one that I did see earlier, an excellent chart, the Solar Megawatts Deployed chart, which peaked in the fourth quarter of 2015 at 253 megawatts deployed. And for quarter two 2019, there were 29 megawatts deployed. So that's almost an order of magnitude lower than the all-time peak. And uh, quarter four of 2016 is when Elon got on stage at the Desperate Housewives set and showed off a very thin, supposedly solar shingle that included no connectors, a completely incomplete technology. And that reveal, that product reveal was used as part of the justification for Tesla acquiring SolarCity. And since that time, uh, in that quarter, quarter four, 2016, Solar City deployed 201 megawatts of solar panels. They subsequently declined. Next quarters were 150, then 176, then 109, 87, 76, 84, 93, 73, 47, and 29 in this most recent quarter. So I don't know how much of that is due to subsidies sunsetting and how much is simply Solar City as a business sunsetting, but that's a stark, stark decline. Another tweet from four hours ago. If you liked quarter two, you're going to love quarter three. Quarter th And this uh, next one is from three hours ago. Apparently it was from uh, something that Elon said during the conference call. Quarter three and quarter four next year will be incredible. <laughs> ha ha ha. That was the single worst answer he has ever given. And that is saying something. And yet another Tesla charts tweet. How can accounts receivable still be $1.15 billion? Where were the signs? So Tesla sells vehicles to people. Presumably those people pay for the vehicle or get financing that pays for the vehicle directly. And then they take delivery of the vehicle. So why is there over a billion dollars of accounts receivable for Tesla when they get paid for the vehicle and they deliver the vehicle at uh, that that level of accounts receivable, which is about one-sixth of their total revenue for the quarter. It's equivalent to about one-sixth of what their revenue was for the quarter. That just seems to be quite, quite high. So I'm going to move along to some other tweets. Switch between Twitter things here and find my notifications. So scrolling down, I have, I have read some of the notifications. I got tagged in a tweet from David Paul, and he said that Tesla Q has spent the last greater than one and a half years seeing around a massive corner and deserves a danged medal for it. And he, he gave a hat tip to several of the people from Tesla Q Twitter, including Tesla Charts, Polixenes, Gator Investor, Plugin, FUD, aka Elmer, The Adapted Mind, Value Trap, 13, Raven Vander Rave, X Tesla, Skabushka, and Mother Cabrini, New York, and LeConte Wealth, who I'm not I don't think I'm familiar with LeConte Wealth, but sounds like a sounds like an account that I should follow. So I'll follow him. <laughs> uh, I did uh, another one of the few tweets that came out recently that I did see was Tesla Charts at 9.33 p.m. tweeted, so is Tesla going to join the S&P? I don't think he was directly referring to, to one of my tweets, but maybe indirectly, or he may have been reminded uh, by my tweet the other day asking if there was any feasible way that Tesla could, could uh, meet the at least the last 12 months 
profit requirement to be considered for the S&P 500, uh, that would have required $251.14 million of gap profit on the positive side of zero, but they had negative $408 million, so they were $659 million away from, uh, from meeting that criteria, which means that over the last four quarters, Tesla's cumulative gap profit has been negative $659 million. So just just a little number to keep in mind with the with three of the, well the three all, all I guess the four all-time highest delivery quarters for Tesla three of which were either right around 90,000 or greater vehicle deliveries and negative 659 million dollars. So I I retweeted that earlier and I said can't wait. Uh, it's the uh, Jets linebacker I think saying that he can't wait. It's a, a relatively famous gif or often used GIF on the internet or GIF if you prefer GIF rather than GIF. Feel free to, to hit me up on Twitter and, and tell me that I said it wrong one of those two ways. I, I'm really not sure if there is a proper way amongst the two. Here's a, a tweet from Mother Cabrini Praise who says that he he or she doesn't deserve the hat tip that was given to them by David Paul, but whatever. Uh, people in Tesla Q Twitter are pretty pretty quick to give out hat tips to other people, which is a far cry from from some other corners of the internet, I'll say. So there's several several replies there. Uh, somebody reminded that Valiant Pharmaceuticals had a few nasty runs left, even when it was clear that they were on their way to bankruptcy. And Polixenes said that's a good reminder. And then Bloodsport Capital, who was a an interviewee on the podcast, said to look at the Enron chart. He was reminding everyone that the Enron, even after their terminal decline had multiple 20 plus percent share price increases so that's something to keep in mind as we continue following tesla q this this recent uh price rise for tesla was about 50 50 percent or a little bit more above the the low of 178 something or 177 or 178 whatever it hit on july the third which was also the day that i interviewed montana skeptic and the day that Professor Damodoran from NYU, the valuation guru, purchased some shares of Tesla with a a market or a, a limit order set at 180. So when it dipped below 180, that order filled for him. So congratulations to Professor Damodoran for riding. Uh, I guess the 50% price rise. I don't know what he, I don't know. How, don't know if he is still holding it now or not. But I'll be interested to to hear what happens. Uh, he did he did bottom ticket, so congratulations on that. Next, one of the easiest, most well-behaved shorts of, of my career. So that's Value Trap 13 replying to the hat, hat tip th- tweet from earlier. Uh, Thank you, Elon, for outperforming, quote-unquote, my expectations every quarter. Pleasure doing business with the stock I've borrowed and which you've hypothecated to maintain your lifestyle. That's a big word, hypothecated. I'm actually not sure what it means. And I'm not going to look it up right now because I'm talking into a microphone. So that catches me up on my my tweet notifications. So now just uh, going back to the couple tweets that I made initially right after seeing the the letter come out from Tesla. One is I, I retweeted my prediction from July 4th, which included a $378 million gap loss for the quarter. So that was within $30 million of the actual number. And that that was based on using the simplified analysis that Tesla charts posted. I think he initially posted it either on July 3rd or 4th. I did the, I made my own 
uh, recreation of his spreadsheet on July 4th and, and posted it on Twitter. Also, as I looked through the letter, on the very first page, there was the paragraph, During the quarter, a majority of orders continued to be for a long-range battery option, and the Model 3 average selling price, ASP, was stable at approximately $50,000. At the same time, manufacturing costs continued to decline, which Tesla bulls will, will definitely be pointing out that Tesla Q is ignoring the, at the same time, manufacturing costs continued to decline. Uh, we don't completely ignore it. We just recognize that the amount that the manufacturing costs have declined is not sufficiently greater than the average sales price declines such that Tesla is not profitable. So, but, but the reason that that paragraph caught my eye was the sentence before that last one that said that the ASP was stable at approximately $50,000. And that brought to mind a nice little chart posted by Mark Johnston at Kofefi Capital on Twitter. And uh, his, his latest uh, tweet on the subject was on July 17th. And it's, it was a chart of average Model 3 sales prices going from quarter to quarter. So second quarter of 2018, the ASP was 55,186. Quarter three of 2018, it was 58,210. Quarter four of 2018 was 60,791. So that was the quarter with the the cream of the crop performance models, uh, all that good stuff. Quarter one of 2019, the ASP was 57,237. And if you'll remember, the standard range version came out on February 28th. Or, or was announced on February 28th. So there's only maybe maybe one or two weeks where you where it was at all possible to get a standard range Model 3 in quarter one. But in quarter two, the SR Plus, because the, the SR without a plus really doesn't exist. I think it may be completely impossible to buy one now, to be honest. I know you had to actually physically go to the store and request it. I don't know how much you had to beg or if you had to donate some blood in conjunction with your request to purchase that vehicle. But I think I saw a tweet the other day that you literally, literally, as Elon would say, cannot get the $35,000 SR without the plus. But that was available for all of quarter two. So back to the, the chart of ASPs posted by Mark Johnston. Quarter two, 2019, he said 50444 So he was basically spot on because Tesla themselves said, was stable at approximately 50,000. So the introduction of the SR Plus Model 3 clearly, obviously, caused the average sales price of Model 3s to decline. Also, the Model S has declined substantially in number of deliveries, which for the overall product mix has caused the average sales price to decline. And that's why Tesla posted a negative $408 million gap net profit so net income profit same in in my brain those terms are interchangeable so the other couple things i tweeted i already mentioned the um accounts receivable tweet from tesla charts and i mentioned the megawatts installed chart uh, but there was another chart that that tc already put out there and it was the average basically the average contribution margin per delivery so it's the total automotive gross margin divided by the total deliveries. And from quarter one, 2019 to quarter two, 2019, that declined from 11.9,000 to $10.7,000 per vehicle. So 
his his heading on the the chart is automotive gross margin divided by global deliveries. Another way to think of that is just contribution margin per delivery. So that number actually topped out at twenty nine thousand dollars per per delivery in the second quarter of twenty seventeen, thousand one hundred up to twenty nine thousand, then down to sixteen thousand five hundred, then seventeen one, eighteen, back down to seventeen. Up to 18.8 thousand for quarter three 2018, aka the immaculate quarter. Then it dropped to 16.9 thousand for quarter four. Then 11.9 thousand for the 700 million dollar loss first quarter, and then down to 10,700 dollars per delivery for the second quarter of 2019, with 95,200 deliveries. So. This number was a key factor in his simplified methodology, which basically showed that Tesla needs $1.4 billion of automotive gross profit to get to break even, which for the first or for the second quarter of 2019 would have required uh, 11,000 something dollars of automotive gross profit contribution per delivery which Tesla did not achieve. And another thing that I tweeted was a link to the Charlie Grant article uh, from June 29th. I simply retweeted that because Charlie had, had retweeted it. And I tagged Galileo Russell, Jason Kalkanis, and Elon Musk, since those were the three people that I immediately remembered having commented on Charlie Grant's father being friends with Jim Chanos and suggesting that that had an impact on his reporting when his reporting is based simply on his observations of what's occurring and his article on june 29th was spot on that the record deliveries did not result in record profits by any means didn't result in record revenues even so just something to keep in mind uh, i also retweeted a chart of or not a chart just a listing of Tesla's annual net income year over year for all the years going back to 2007. So it's negative every single year. 2007, negative 78 million. 2008, negative 82 million. Uh, then I'll skip a bunch. 2015, negative 889 million. 2016, negative 675 million. 2017, negative 1.96 billion. 2018 negative 976 million and year to date 2019 negative 1.11 billion dollars so tesla is currently on pace to lose over 2 billion dollars in 2019 they will need some kind of a massive turnaround in their average sales price or somehow miraculously reduce the cost of the vehicles i don't know how they could hope to decrease the cost of goods sold for their vehicles to come close to being profitable in the third quarter, especially considering that the federal income tax credit was cut in half yet again after June 30th. It's now only $1,875 per, per vehicle. And at the end of the year, it goes down to $0 per vehicle. So a hat tip to Charlie Bellello. His his tweets usually have some some great info and he doesn't editorialize with his tweets that's probably why he has 115,000 followers uh, he just puts data out there and take it for what it is uh, 
he's a good follow on Twitter. I also retweeted Charlie Grant with his latest article from today from Heard on the Street and pointed out that Charlie just calls it like he sees it. And it just so happens that he sees it the way that many other smartish people do. So I, I consider myself smartish thanks to Elon declaring Tesla shorts to be somewhat smart, smartish, but very mean. Um, and I totally didn't nail that the way that he said it. That's That's been many, many months ago. I think that was back in 2018 that he said that. So that concludes the tweets that I've made this evening. So now I'm just going to go to the Twitter feed and see what I come across. So here's... Here's a tweet from 17 minutes ago from Tesla Charts, and it says, Signing off after a glorious day for Tesla Q. If you had any doubts, put them to bed tonight. The fork is well in this pig. And raise a glass for Skabushka. I anxiously await his glorious return to Fintwit. So I have no idea when Skabushka may be back on Fintwit. Based on his lawyer filing a letter or sending a letter to Tesla late Friday night, it sounds like they may be pursuing a countersuit against Tesla based on the uh, attempted restraining order that Tesla sought against Skabushka. And after the judge ordering Tesla to provide videos, Tesla refused to provide the videos and and uh, tucked their tails between their legs and basically canceled their attempt to gain a restraining order against Skabushka. So there's some uh, some possible legal actions that are going to be taken against Tesla. So based on that, I think it may be a while before Skabushka does return to to Twitter, but I imagine someday he'll be back on Twitter, either as Skabushka or, or something. Uh, looking through my, my feed here, let's see what else I can see. So there's a, a Ross Gerber tweet from july 12th that somebody retweeted and it said next next week is a tesla short sellers nightmare do you cover now before tesla reports the profit or wait and get wiped out expect to see more covering next week we rate tesla a strong buy in here so some tesla short sellers probably did cover the very next week but uh, the tesla reporting a profit did not happen of course as we know now <laughs> your pumps worked about as well as your hopper today elon must be trying tiring trying to keep up the charade why not just declare chapter 11 and save as many jobs as you can that was from coke comedy in reply to elon himself actually uh so apparently elon was tweeting about uh his starship testing tonight after the the conference call Here's a tweet from Pass the Beano. So if quarter one was the kitchen sink quarter, quarter two was the bathroom sink quarter. Notable similarity. They both have drains. Next quarter, I know which drain is Tesla circling. <laughs> so this is from John Hempton. Thinking clearly about it, Tesla's result was clearly much, much better than last quarter. <laughs> and then uh, Polixenes replied, keep thinking about it, John. The coffee in the morning should help clear the fog. Oh yeah, before I get any further... I should say that uh, Tesla closed the, the regular trading day today at about 2.65. And by the end of the after-hours session, which was after the end of the conference call, it settled at about 2.35 or almost 2.36. So it dropped about 30 bucks, just under 30 bucks in the after-hours. I'm not sure what it's going to do in the morning. I, 
based on my positioning, I hope that it falls further so that I can get uh, into the money with some put spreads that I own. But we'll see. Uh, I've seen uh, from from some somewhat baggier corners of the market that several people bought shares in the after hours and several more are planning to buy shares in the after hours. I even saw a tale of a, a 98-year-old who wants to purchase a Tesla. Not sure if, if uh, it's a great idea to have very many 98-year-olds driving on public roads, but I'm also not sure that it's a great idea to have Tesla vehicles driving on public roads with their insane acceleration, because they legitimately do have insane acceleration capabilities. I will not for a second deny that. I've yet to experience it, and I imagine that I will enjoy it greatly whenever I do experience it, but there is a danger associated with that level of acceleration, and especially with inexperienced drivers. There was a possibly a, a clear example of that on Sunday, and I'm not going to talk about that anymore. It's a tragic event, and may have had nothing at all to do with the fact that it was a Tesla vehicle, but it did happen to be a Tesla vehicle. And that reminds me of something that I considered doing as an episode last night. And that's a tweet stream of only about four tweets that I made on, I think it was Sunday night or Monday. And that was a little rant, just saying that Tesla fans need to stop complaining and stop suggesting that every internal combustion engine crash should be covered with the same level of, of news coverage as Tesla accidents. The reason that Tesla accidents get so much coverage is because Elon Musk has portrayed that Tesla's self-driving capabilities are far ahead of every other manufacturer. Based on that portrayal and attempting to sell vehicles based on supposedly being so far ahead of all these other manufacturers, the public is naturally going to question with any Tesla accident, was autopilot on or was it not? It's just a natural inclination of people because autonomous vehicles absolutely are one of the top few technologies that appears to be around the corner that the public is interested in. And it has such a key key integral part to public safety almost anybody other than maybe in some of the most urban areas rides in automobiles regularly so it's something that touches everyone's life at least in america and everyone has some experience riding in an automobile so it's something that everyone knows something about almost everyone above the age of 16 or 20 or so in america has driven a vehicle themselves so it's, it's something that everyone knows about. Almost everyone knows that people are working on autonomous vehicles. And because Elon Musk has claimed that Tesla is almost ready to deploy it safely on the roads, and they have deployed it on the roads, whether it's ready or not, because of that, people are interested and investigations are going to happen and news coverage is imminent to follow after any incidents involving Tesla vehicles. It comes along with the marketing, whether it's paid advertisement or not, which for the case of Tesla, it's claimed that there's not paid advertising. But just because there's not paid advertising doesn't mean that there's not marketing. So you can't have 
all the claims about self-driving without the scrutiny. It's not possible. So I'm sorry. It You can't expect for the coverage to go away because it, it's not going to go away. So that, I guess, will be the end of that, that rant about the, uh, the scrutiny that's inherent with the marketing of autonomous driving. So back, back to scrolling through Twitter to try to get caught up on the, the call. Let's see what we got here. There's a, a picture of the Starhopper, I guess, after, it's, <laughs> after it uh, took a little hop. Uh, and, and the caption says, Starhopper takes a well-deserved pee after spending the evening drinking and listening to Elon make stuff up on the Tesla earnings call. And I did censor that a little bit. But uh, it, there's a, a stream of water flowing from the Starhopper. Uh, so it, it does, the picture does look like R2-D2 is, is peeing. And it's hilarious. <laughs> and Polixenes had uh, retweeted. That was from Net- Netflix and Lamp on Twitter. And Polixenes had quoted it and said, I don't think I can possibly sum up the evening better than Netflix and Lamp has done. So as I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, a very key tenant of Tesla Q Twitter is having a good sense of humor. So if you can't laugh at yourself and at well-framed jokes, then you may not fit in in Tesla Q Twitter. It, that's just the way it is. Moving along, let's see. <laughs> Tesla will be profitable next year. Just you watch. And uh, that was from Structured Debt Rick the Fifth, and he tagged... Gerber Kawasaki, Kathy Wood, and Elon Musk as being the people who supposedly said that. And in saying that, he was quoting a tweet from Bagholder Quotes, which was taken, of course, from a real-life Bagholder. And I quote, Pure form of market price manipulation. Analysts gave Tesla impossible sales and EPS target that's always impossible to beat. Wonderful way to make money for them in shorts. Analysts did not give Tesla... The, uh, the delivery target. Elon Musk provided guidance for Tesla's deliveries, and Tesla set a record in quarter two with 95,200 deliveries. Record deliveries, but they didn't make a profit. I, I, I don't know what else to say. It's not, it does not appear to be a profitable business, flat out. Take away the, the subsidies, and the business would not exist. Just baffles my mind a little bit. Scrolling along, I see that Dana Hull has a new article out as of what is currently 27 minutes ago. So it's 11.31, so that came out at 11.04 Eastern Time. So I'm just going to glance through this article and read what I see. So a loss of $1.12 per share was worse than any estimate. J.B. Straubel is leaving the chief tech technology officer job after 15 years with the company that's something that tesla q has been talking about for quite a quite a while now that jb straubel is likely leaving soon it was somewhat obvious based on all of his sales of shares he's been selling 15,000 shares every month for the past couple months now he i believe completely liquidated his options position of options that were expiring in june of 2019 but even subsequent to that, he's been selling 15,000 shares per month. I think he might be due for another sale within the next two weeks or so. It's a shame that EV Defender 
is no longer tweeting because he was keeping good track of the insider sales, had some very well-produced graphics of them and everything. He had also a, a price chart, which was somewhat the inspiration for the price chart that I put out earlier today on Patreon. And so I've started recreating my own price chart with historic Tesla events that impacted share price. Somebody, I don't think I'll have time to do it myself, but somebody should uh, recreate some of the graphics of insider sales of Tesla shares that have occurred. Antonio Gracias, since November of 2018, I think has sold something in the range of 20 to $35 million worth of Tesla shares. That might be, the higher end of that might be too high, but he's he's netted, actually, no, I don't think it's too high. I think it's in the range of $30 million that Antonio Gracias has sold since November of 2018. J.B. Straubel, I think, is a little lower than that. I think he's netted about $20 million. And Brad Buss, who was the chief financial officer of Solar City prior to it being bailed out by Tesla acquiring them, He's sold maybe $10 million worth of shares. And Linda Rice Johnson, of course, had her her one sale where she netted like $1,300 and then her other sale where she netted like $781 or $731 or something. Uh, so lots and lots of insider sales. Back to the Dana Hole article, which I haven't read yet. Tesla shares plummeted after a worse-than-expected loss, and yet another major management change cast fresh doubts on the electric car maker's future. And I'm not going to read the article word for word, because if you want to read it, you should click on it and uh, help Bloomberg out. You know, Michael Bloomberg is, is not doing so hot with, with uh, his billions and billions of dollars. Ha! <laughs> uh, let's just get to the conclusions here. Margin, so 18.9% gross margin in the quarter down from 20.6% a year ago in the second quarter. And of course that was driven by decreases in average selling price, ASP, and the fact that Model 3 deliveries quadrupled from the prior quarter and cannibalized Model S and X sales. Uh, it's difficult for people to really feel an exponential, Musk said on the call. Tesla is expanding at an exponential rate, but they're decreasing their capital expenditures. So, okay, okay, Elon, sure, whatever you say, man. So reading an article audibly on a podcast is not a good episode, so I'm not going to do that anymore. So apparently I need to, to go see what the Starhopper did tonight. I, I haven't watched that yet. So I'm going to go ahead and do that right now. So I've gone to YouTube typed in Starhopper test flight and here's a 30 second attempt one video that I'm watching. You may be able to hear it a little bit. There's smoke all around, cameras flashing. It looks like there's flames coming out of the top of the R2-D2 Starhopper. I cannot tell if it's off the ground or not. More flames coming out of the top, apparently. I don't know if it's just flaring fuel. Hmm. So I couldn't really tell exactly what happened there with that that video. There's a four hour and ten minute stream from Everyday Astronaut, uh, which apparently just stopped nine minutes ago. There's a 22 minute 
video from 32 minutes ago. There's a Starship cam that's li still live right now. Uh, here's a 37 minute ago, six minute video titled SpaceX Untethered Starhopper Hop Test Flight Aborted from a Drone. So this looks interesting. I'm going to skip ahead. Not going to watch the whole six minutes, but I'm going to watch a few. There's not going to be any good sound with this one, I don't think, since it's drone footage. Looks like it's a fairly, fairly good distance away. There's uh, some steam or something coming out of the top of the Starhopper. And similar to the other vi other video, I think after the steam starts coming out, it looks like flames start coming out of the top of the Starhopper. So the engine is mounted on the bottom. So ideally your thrust vector is going to point downward so that the Starhopper can actually hop. So now there's an, a side angle in this video. So we'll see if I can see any upward movement of of the Starhopper vehicle. So now the flame is coming out of the top and I see no movement. And then it looks like the engine fired. So there was a large blast of smoke, fire and smoke. And then a large flame coming out of the top of the Starhopper. Uh, and if you'll remember last week they did a, it was supposed to be a static fire. I think it was supposed to be a tethered firing of the, of the engine. And there was a large, large ball of flame that engulfed the entire vehicle. And I think Elon later tweeted that there was not substantial damage to the vehicle. I have no idea if, if anything from that test last week impacted the test today. But uh, it looks like this video that I'm watching is just a lot of different angles of today's attempted hop test. So from... I haven't actually read anything about it yet. I've just tried to watch the videos. But from my quick view of the videos... I didn't see any vertical motion of the Starhopper vehicle. So it, it seems that the test was not successful in terms of any actual vertical distance achieved by the Starhopper, which looks like a water tower or R2-D2 or lots of different things. I don't know what they ultimately did with the nose cone that got blown over in the wind, but it is not on the vehicle right now. But enough about SpaceX. This this podcast is about Tesla. So I'm, I'm just going to go back to the feed. And it's now 11.43 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, here's a, a tweet from five minutes ago from Ben Shooter on Twitter. And it says, Friendly reminder, $566 million of SolarCity converts maturing in November. Tesla has to pay it in cash unless the share price is $759 or higher. Does anybody out there actually think there's any chance whatsoever that Tesla shares will be $759 or higher? I'm going to say no. Nah. Uh, one thing that I'm curious curious about, I don't, have no idea if it was in the letter. Uh, I actually didn't get to the, the tables of financials in the letter. And I, I haven't read the transcript from the call yet. But I wonder if anything was said about the $165 million term loan that was also Solar City related that had been pushed out to June of this year. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if any anybody asked about that on the call or if it got mentioned any. We may have to wait until the 10Q comes out to, to see that. And the 10Q I would expect to come out sometime in early August, probably before August 10th. Uh, I don't remember exactly what the, the time requirements are to get the 10Q out, but 
be sure that Tesla Q Twitter will dissect that thing to the nth degree, probably by by no later than 10.30 a.m. the morning that it's released. So I know that I can count on Tesla Q Twitter to do that research. I may try to do a little bit of that research on my own, but I know how voracious all the Tesla Q people are to actually complete the research. So I have very little confidence that I will be able to to do it before them, uh, before the other compatriots in this collective cobble, which has no leader, uh, just has lots of little hydras. And when Elon tries to chop one of the heads off, 10 more sprout up in its place. That's just, just how it goes. Um, attacking short sellers is uh, it's a good way to, to cause short sellers to multiply. So let that be a lesson to any prospective CEOs out there. If you know that your company has active short sellers, don't attack them. If you attack them, there will be more and more and more. Uh, the capital markets are an important thing. Maintaining the integrity of the capital markets is very important. Uh, for a properly functioning capitalistic market, capital has to find the best uses. And the primary job of short sellers is to function to help reallocate capital to more useful purposes. So that's, that's one of the main things that short sellers do, amongst many other things. But uh, attacking short sellers just rings the dinner bell tell more short sellers to to pay attention to your company so that's what elon musk has done that's what he did one year ago as of yesterday when he went after montana skeptic by contacting his boss uh he also got a lot of attention on july 15th 2019 when he decided to get on twitter and refer to a british cave diver as a pedophile which that case is yet to be heard. I believe there's a trial set for December associated with that case. Also, uh, he went after Martin Tripp. Uh, there was an excellent article, I think I may have already mentioned it, uh, about whistleblower hell, which Tesla has entered. There was a great thread on Twitter yesterday, I think, from Luis Carruthers that documented time after time after time that Tesla has reacted to whistleblowers in a manner that is not at all smart not at all how you're supposed to respond to whistleblowers but elon musk has earned the nickname mr backfire so things that he does backfire on him it's his own fault and that's how it goes so uh, i think i think that's enough of this haphazard attempt to get caught up on tesla's earnings i'm i'm gonna stop talking into the microphone in a few minutes and and get back to scrolling through the feed to, to see if i missed anything else juicy and may also try to br uh, browse through the earnings or not earnings the quarterly financial call transcript don't forget uh if you want some shorty merchandise you can go to evacuationboy.com assuming evac boy's gotten that site back up and running again or uh, there's also some, some great merchandise at the Shock Market store run by Trish on Twitter. And if you want to be a, a contributor to the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and become a monthly contributor. And that'll get you, uh, whenever I post short articles on there or charts of Tesla's share price, 
Uh, I may even start including a little bit more of my other positions on there in the near future. And also bonus content for interview episodes. I do have a, an interview scheduled in the near future. Uh, I'll plan to do a, a bonus portion for that. And uh, even if you don't become a patron, thanks for listening. Uh, I hope that you become a little bit more well-informed by listening to my rants and other information that I mention on the podcast. So thanks for listening, even if you don't become a patron. And we'll be back next time for episode number 40 of the Tesla Q podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.